I never would have imagined this. It was absolutely a journey I never thought I would take because I had no idea this was even a possibility for me. I'm really happy I did it. I haven't regretted it for a moment. Welcome to the Self Starter Podcast, a place where stories are shared from women, just like you, who left the colorless corporate world with an idea and a passion and ran with it to create the vibrant life they always wanted to live. My name is Megan Tobler, and every week I'll be bringing real women to you to share their entrepreneurial journey in hopes of inspiring you to take the very first step of your own. Sometimes the hardest part is just to start. So come on, start today for you, start today for her, and become a self-starter. Let's go. Imagine what would happen if you started saying heck yes to your dreams. Today's guest, Tiffany Kane, doesn't have to imagine it because she's living it. As a former educator, Tiffany had a desire to be a massive change maker, yet kept being held back from truly making a difference. She finally decided to say heck yes to her dreams and left all she had known as an educator behind. Today, she is the co-founder of Casa Media Productions, host of the Radical Audacity and Love and Life podcast, and yes, you guessed it, the heck yes coach. If you've ever needed a little inspiration to start saying yes to your dreams, then this episode is for you. Tiffany, thank you so much for taking the time to connect with me. I have to say, I have been really looking forward to this conversation because I really resonate with your story so much and the fact that I have always been the woman in the past that I was always doing what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And you talk about how that was you and today you're the heck yes coach. So I'd love to just better understand what is a heck yes coach? A heck yes coach is really somebody that finds the heck yes in all of the awful no's that we get in life because somewhere there's a yes, right? Like when you don't get that promotion at work, it's not just a total brick wall that stops your life. There's a yes somewhere. Maybe that wasn't where you needed to go. Maybe that wasn't the right move for you. Maybe you need to look at a different direction. Maybe you need a little more education. Maybe you need to expand your horizons of what is out there for you. So it's taking these kind of awful, heartbreaking often moments and saying, okay, there is a yes in here somewhere. How do I find it? That's really beautiful because it's all about how you reframe your way of thinking to mm-hmm. be able to take a negative and really make sure that it's a positive. Yeah. And it's not toxic positivity. I am not talking about that. I'm talking about being able to say, all right, this was a no. This was a resounding no situation, whether it is a divorce, a relationship breakup, not getting that promotion at work, whatever the situation is, this was a resounding no. All right. That that stinks. We're going to take our time to be upset about it. But then we're also going to say there's a yes in here somewhere Let's find that, let's search, let's work for that, and let's keep moving forward. So it's not this toxic, like, we just have to be happy all the time. It's we can be sad and still say, but there is a yes in here for me. I can find it. I know I can. Absolutely. Based on all the research that I did leading up to today's conversation, it looked like you had a different past. So where Mm -hmm. did you become this heck yes person, really being able to look for the good in uh, potentially more difficult situations? I'm probably similar to a lot of the people listening right now in the sense that there have been lots of no's in my life, right? Like lots of doors shut and people telling me you can't do this. I mean, a simple fun little example is I got into ballet on the older side. I was like 11, 12, which for a ballerina, like you should already be like great by that time, right? And I got into it a little old. And my teacher told me, she's all, you'll never dance on point. And that was my goal. I'm going to dance on point. And 
I bought point shoes and I bought videos that were like beginner point. And every single night I would practice at home, my elevates and, <laughs> and just all of these, I would practice every single night until one day I brought my point shoes to class and said, I think I'm ready. I can dance on point. And I showed her and she was like, oh, okay, I guess you can. So it's just, we all have those moments, like small little moments like that. Like not, it's not an earth shattering moment, but it's somebody said, no, you can't do this. And you say, but there's got to be a way I can and let me figure it out. And so that's kind of been my life. I had grew up in a cult, so religious issues. I got out of a toxic marriage. So getting out of that, but probably the most recent is leaving my 20-year career in public education that I worked really hard for and I really love. You know, I got a master's degree as a single mother and it was really what I thought my path was. I really and truly thought it was, but I kept hitting brick walls. And so anytime you just keep getting no's, you just have to sit and go, okay, what's happening and where is the yes? Yeah, absolutely. So what kind of brick walls did you keep facing within the education space? I have this massive desire to be a change maker, right? Like there's just been a calling in me in my whole life of there's got to be some way I can make a change, make a difference, do good. Uh, as a classroom teacher, I felt it on a daily basis with my students. I loved it. It was great. I spent 16 years doing that. It was the most fulfilling job, but I did get to a point where I said, I do think I can have a larger impact. I want to make more sweeping changes because as a classroom teacher, it's student by student. Mm -hmm. As somebody higher up in administration, you can make more sweeping changes. And I was thinking of doing that. I want to get up higher and change the system from the inside, right? And so that's what I worked for. So when I went and got my master's and worked for that, and I, I moved up a little bit, and then I, I just couldn't move up anymore. Higher administrative positions, I just wasn't getting. And, and so I sat and talked to my supervisor. I'm like, I know I can do this. I know I'm qualified. Like I've got the, I've got it in me. I know I've got the experience. And, and she said the most beautiful no I've ever gotten. She said, Tiffany, you're just too passionate. You're too passionate. You have too much desire for change and not everybody is on your level and it can be very overwhelming. Wow. I was shocked. I was a little taken aback because I mean, I'm in public education working in a Title I school district, which is basically helping, you know, low income students and thinking, well, but don't you want passionate people making changes for these students? Like, isn't that a good thing? You know, it was the 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 heck yes in that very painful no was realizing they don't want me as me. They want a dimmed down version of me that's more of a yes person that will kind of go along with what the super high ups are saying, whether I agree with it or not, right? Like they need a yes person. And I just couldn't do that. I alluded to, I grew up in a cult yeah. and then I was in a toxic marriage. Like I felt like so much of my marriage was doing what other people said I quote unquote should do, which you talked about in the beginning. And I was like, I just, I'm beyond that. Like I'm not gonna dim my light anymore there's got to be another path. And so I started searching for another path and it it led me to quitting that job and co-founding a company with my partner and 
it was absolutely a journey I never thought I would take. I never thought I'd get out of education, but I'm really happy I did it. I haven't regretted it for a moment. It's really interesting that you were labeled as too passionate. I have actually been labeled that way myself in my own career Mm -hmm. and too emotional. And emotion to me equals passion. That means that you care, that you're wanting to make a difference. You're wanting to change the world, that you really believe in what you do. And it's unfortunate that your light was dimmed from really making that difference in that capacity, but you didn't let it bring you down. Instead, you were able to rework where you were able to make that impact and really to make that difference. And you alluded to, you then started Casa Media, and you're also the host of your very own podcast, Radical Audacity and Love and Life Podcast. So I'd love to just better understand when was the moment when you just decided, you know what, I went through all this education to climb the ladder within the education space, but it's no longer serving me and where I'm moving forward within my personal journey. So when was that moment and how did it then evolve into your new endeavors? The moment truly was getting that feedback from my boss. You know, it was a light bulb moment. I'm not going to lie. It was an upsetting light bulb moment. I mean, I came home and Mm-hmm. And it was very distraught and probably for a good week or two just felt a little unmoored and lost of like, wait a minute, what is there for me? You know, like, what is my next step? But over the course of sitting with those feelings, sitting with those emotions, you know, I came to the conclusion that I I really need to do my own thing. Now, thankfully, I'd already had a little bit of a side gig going. I'd been podcasting. I'd been helping people get their podcast launched, just a you know little side gig. And so it, it was natural to move forward. But here's what I want to say to the, your beautiful audience that's listening. We so often make the mistake of, well, I've already invested all of this time and energy and money into this situation, whether it is a job, a relationship, where you're living, your home, like we so often say, but it's already, it's been so long and I've spent so much time and energy and money to quit now. Oh my goodness. But you're going to say the same thing 10 years from now and 20 years from now. Like if you're never going to change, you're just going to keep investing into something that's not working for you. And so if we shift the way we looked at that investment and we say, okay, I invested all of this time and energy into this career, into this relationship, whatever it is, I invested this time and energy and money here. What have I learned from it? And how can that be a stepping stone to what I do next so that I make a really a good move for me? And then to have that flexibility in with the next thing, not feeling like, oh, well, I'm committed to this now. I can't shift and change. But to have that flowy quality of, okay, I made this step and I thought I was going to go in direction Z, but, you know, direction Y actually, I think is a better path for me. And so to be able to continually make these small pivots and small changes or sometimes large pivots, you know, I think it's a really important way to live in your life. It's not wishy-washy. It's not lackadaisical. You're motivated. You're listening to your intuition and you're moving forward but you're doing it in a way that you realize you have options. You're never stuck. The minute we feel like we're stuck, we don't have options. That's when burnout happens. That's when resentment happens. That's when our health starts to fail. 
you know, when you're hearing the messages like you talked about, people telling you, oh, you're just too emotional, you're too this, you're too that. When you start hearing those messages, you're too much this or you're not enough that, then it's a good time to say, okay, I think it's time for a pivot. And what is that pivot? So you obviously are very comfortable at this point with being able to pivot, but not everyone is in the same spot as you are with the confidence. Confidence comes from the act of doing. Mm -hmm. So if you were to look at yourself maybe a few years back, when you were in this situation, what would you tell the like the young Tiffany that is going through this? How would you recommend that she goes through this exercise? All right, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a friends reference. Ross in the the stairway with the giant couch that didn't fit, and he's shouting, "Pivot, pivot!" Obviously, like that's a situation that is untenable. Like you, you're getting that couch through the stairway. And, and that's kind of, I love metaphors. So if we're thinking of our life, are we trying to pivot in a way that doesn't work where we're shoving a giant couch in a tiny stairwell and stressing and breaking our back and sweating? Or is it a pivot that makes sense? Is there a better way to do the pivot? And so my advice to younger Tiffany and to everybody out there listening is think of your resources that you have people that you trust. Now, on this entrepreneurial journey, people that are not entrepreneurs will give you terrible entrepreneurial advice, right? The entrepreneurial mindset and employee mindset are vastly different. So make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that have done some form of this self-starting, some form of this entrepreneurial journey so that they have some wisdom for you. Because I will tell you right now, I had people coming out of the woodwork. You're leaving stability. You've been there 20 years. Like you need to have all these ducks in a row before you think of leaving. And if I had done that, I never would have left, right? I would have been 65 years old, retired and never have followed my dreams or my passion. Okay. So with that, it's surround yourself with people that can help support you in this pivot. And maybe that's a coach, maybe that's a mentor, maybe that's joining some sort of group of female entrepreneurs that can say, hey, this went great for me, this didn't go good for me, listening to podcasts, reading books, like gather that information, gather that support, and yes, take aligned action because we can be in that information gathering stage and have information paralysis, right? Like just be stuck. So it's that what is the next small step I can take to move me forward? So for me, I took an entrepreneurial course. There was a piece of me that's always wanted to be an entrepreneur, right? So I took an entrepreneurial course before I ever got that message from my boss, right? From that course, I launched a podcast, started monetizing that podcast almost from day one by helping people launch their own podcasts. And so I was already doing little entrepreneurial things. By no means was it something I could live on and survive on at that time, but it was having the practice of making a sale. I mean, my first class was $25. Now, you know, my classes are way more than that, but it was the getting over that, oh my God, I've got to charge people money for me to talk to them and help them. So, okay, it's $25. Ah, you know, that that I might, I'm going to throw up asking them for $25 to take my class. Um, but that's that was a, a small step. And then I got comfortable with that. And then the next time I offered the class, it was $100. And I thought I was going to throw up, but people bought it. And I was like, okay, okay, people are doing it. And so then, you know, I kept adding to it and kept building 
building it and listening to the feedback from the people taking it and kept taking aligned action, you know, to the point where I really offer a robust course now and really have a thriving community and able to ask for the value of what I offer because I started really small. And that's something really interesting because earlier you alluded to different pivots and Mm. a pivot doesn't have to be this drastic thing all at once. They can be little incremental pivots. You dabbled in entrepreneurship and taken that course, which allowed you to start your podcasting group. And then from there, you were able to offer little pieces of content to be able to practice asking for those sales, because that is a different skill set than you likely had to use in the education setting. So Mm -hmm. while the education setting gave you a toolkit with some things, there are still things that you needed to learn along the way. A lot, (laughs) a lot, still learning, still learning. (laughs) Absolutely. So um, I guess, first of all, I want to get into so many of this, but why podcasting as the first little pivot from your time in education? Well, I love listening to podcasts. They got me through a lot of hard times. Like I would go at lunch and take a walk, you know, walk for a good 45 minutes during my lunch break and listen to a podcast. And it, there was just something about it that gave me hope when I was feeling frustrated. Right. So a, I just loved listening to them. B, there is something about the power of being able to, to share information with nobody holding you back. As a teacher, my social media had to be, I call it white bread. I couldn't have a political opinion. I couldn't really show myself having too much of a good time, you know, not a picture of a drink in my hand. I just had to be a really reserved version of me. And podcasting opened this world of, there's no gatekeepers. There's nobody telling me what I can and cannot say. And it was so freeing and exhilarating. And so I I just loved it. It was a medium I, I fell in love with head over heels. In fact, I'm launching two more podcasts in the next month, but we're going to be up to four podcasts. We've got another one coming and probably we'll be up to five. So anyway, we just, we love this medium. Plus my partner has been in the audiovisual world his whole life. And the minute I said, you know, I, I'd like to start a podcast. He started bringing home all of this gear that he had in storage and he'd come home with like a new toy every day. I'm like, wait, what's that? What's that? And it brought us together closer because like his passions and then my passions could combine. And so then it made sense that we built a business around this thing that we both had so much passion about. And my passion was okay. (laughs) I was going to say, it's really interesting that in one circumstance, the passion was pushed down when you're in the education setting. And now it can be released and look at everything that it's been able to create for you since then. You're definitely in your element and it's just constantly unfolding and evolving and honestly, it being extremely successful. It's almost a whiplash. Pinch me, I must be dreaming. Right before we got on this phone call, I was on a call with somebody from PodFest Expo. They asked me to moderate a panel with Kate Erickson Dumas, who's John Lee Dumas's wife. She's the CEO of Entrepreneurs on Fire. Like she is a powerhouse. Jess um, Kupferman from She Podcast Live and Rita Bautista and Angel Levis. Like these women that I only ever dreamed about being in the same room with, I get to moderate a panel and be on stage with them. Like what? How is this even possible for this, you know, 
teacher to now get to stand on stage with these entrepreneurial women who are changing the landscape of media and what it means to create communities and, and what it means to be female entrepreneurs and just entrepreneurs in general and, and podcasters in general. I, you can hear how excited I am. I'm like, I never would have imagined this. Like there is no vision board where I would have put this on because I had no idea this was even a possibility for me. And so, yes, when you just start taking aligned action and going where your joy takes you, oh my goodness, the doors that open are inconceivable. Absolutely. And it's all because you said, heck yes. Exactly. You didn't let the lack of being able to exude your passion stop you. Instead, you turned it into a positive direction. And now you're living life that you never even thought was possible just because you said, heck yes. Yes. And I, I want to be super real with you. I am transparent the whole way. There's nothing easy about this. There are super crazy, exciting moments like the one I just talked about, but entrepreneurial path is not for the faint of heart. This is not the easy path. I'm working harder now than I've ever worked in my life. More that, you know, you're, you're making your own money. Like I, I was handed a paycheck <laughs> you know, and, benefits. and benefits and, and that's not there now. Right. And so I have to work for it all. And I have to, I have to, especially as a newer entrepreneur, there is a, mat, a bit of hustle and grind. I make sure to build in self-care to that. And sometimes I'm more successful than others with that, but sometimes I'm not successful with the self-care piece. It's, it's a work in progress. So what I want to caution anybody listening is to think, oh, well, I can quit my job today and just start my own business and everything's going to be great. And I'll be on stage with incredible women and doing these things that I really want to do. Yes. And be ready for the hard part. Like just really be ready for that. And let's get real about the hustle and the grind. I think that's a lot of things that people don't talk about. They glamorize entrepreneurship. But like you said, there is a lot on the back end that you do not see. It's the highlight reel that's shown. So let's talk about what is the hustle? What is the grind? Tell us on a, a difficult day what that looks like. <sighs> well, um, on top of being a parent and needing to do all of the kids stuff, <laughs> <laughs> so on top of the parenting thing is the 100% of paying the bills and the mortgage and the all of the things is on my ability to make money. There's nobody handing me a paycheck because I showed up at work. And work days are often long. You know, we hear the you must be balanced, you must, you know, all of that. That is Great. We do need a certain amount of balance, but when you are starting fresh from scratch, you are the business and hopefully you're building systems in place where you can start bringing other people on that can start taking some of those tasks away. But very few of us have the financial means in our first year, maybe even two years to have a decent team. And so the majority of it lies on us. And if we are sick, we're not getting sick pay. Yeah, I had a hysterectomy in the middle of this entrepreneurial journey, you know, and it's like, I have to make the money in some way. And so my sick days were I set up an office in bed. If you go through my, my Instagram, you'll see I podcasted from bed. I took meetings from bed, you know, sat in bed and did the work. You just have to know and be ready that this is hard work. I'm working longer days than I ever did before, but I get to work them on my schedule. So I get to take my son to school every day, right? Like I make sure I do not set up any meetings before 10 a.m. in the morning. 
And what that allows me to do is get breakfast made and lunches made, get some exercise, get my shower. My little son loves for me to sit on the couch with him in the morning and read to him. So we read and he's a sixth grader. So we read for like 10, 15 minutes, have a relaxing drive to school as relaxed as you can be with a middle schooler. And the stress is gone. I get to set my schedule and say, this is important to me. This relaxed morning time is important to me. I never had it before. You know, as a teacher, as somebody working for the school district, I would get up at 4.30 in the morning and get breakfast made, lunches made, get the kids ready for school, get myself ready, get them dropped off at childcare so that I could get to my job, which was 45 minutes to an hour away by 7.30 a.m. You want to talk stressful morning. You want to talk the grind. I never have to do that again. And so I'm trading one grind for another, but it's a grind I'm choosing and I'm enjoying. I get to be present for my family and I get to, you know, sometimes I'm working at 10, 11, 12 at night. That's okay because I get to have this precious time with my kids in the morning where I'm not stressed. And what I found as I've been building my own business on the side while working a full-time job is that I don't mind working the long hours when I'm building something that I'm truly passionate about. So there is this really interesting shift that happens because you believe in it. It's something that you've created. You've birthed this project So it just keeps you going, even when the times do get a little bit more typical and intense. I mean, heck, you had a hysterectomy and you're sitting in bed still working. If (laughs) I want dedication, I don't know what is. (laughs) And I will tell you, that was the transition out of my job and into my entrepreneurial. It was literally my last two months of work was when I had my hysterectomy. Somehow the universe smiled upon me and said, well, you have really good health insurance. Let's have this medical emergency happen where you have to have a hysterectomy. And so you don't have to worry about it after. So that was, you know, whatever stars align to make that happen at the right time, it happened at the right time. But I was on my way out from work and ramping up my entrepreneurial thing. And I will tell you right now, I didn't touch day job work one little bit. And when they did reach out to me, I was like, I'm on leave. You'll have to ask somebody else about this. I'm on leave. You need to ask somebody else about this. You're actually not supposed to be contacting me right now because I'm on leave. But my job, my entrepreneurial thing, oh man, I was like, yep, I'm in bed. I'm working. Hey, Instagram, check this out. Isn't this fun? (laughs) Good for you for setting the boundaries because what I've learned is that if you don't, they will be crossed. So it's very important that you set those terms for yourself, not only if you're still in your corporate and or educational space background and you're still using that as your full-time income or even in your entrepreneurial efforts too, you have to set your boundaries. Yes. So that's really important just in general for us all to really understand and to enforce from the beginning. But you have obviously created a few different streams of income. So I do want to make sure that we're able to touch into all of these, especially you talked about five new podcasts that are coming up with Casa <laughs> Media Productions. So, and you're the heck yes coach. So let's dive into how are you making your money today? Oh, this is such a good question. And I do love the concept of having multiple streams of income. So my partner and I actually sat down. We had this goal of we want 10K months. What are 10 different ways we can bring in 10K? Because when you break it down, it's like $333 a day or something. I don't have the exact number in my head. But we're like, how do we bring in basically $300 a day so that we have 10K months? And so we sat down and we broke it down. What are all the ways? What are all the things that we have? And it was really fun to make that list and be really creative of how do we bring it in? And the first time we did that, we had a 12K month. I'm just going to tell you right now, like 
Wow. Just having fun with it and saying, what are some creative ways we can do this, right? Fun, experiment, create. Sit down and brainstorm for yourself. How do I bring this in? What are some fun, creative ways? So for us and with our skill set that we have, we have a lot of technical ability because he has a lot of technical skill. I'm really good at creating content. Like I was a professional development expert when I worked for the school district in the district office. And so I can create a training almost in my sleep. You know, I understand how adult learners work. I can create a really effective training. Um, and so that is the bulk of how our money is coming in is we create training courses. And we found that if we work with larger companies that are trying to reach people and have them use their product, then that's really good for us because these companies are great at what they do, but they're not really great at teaching people how to use their product. And so we approach them, we say, hey, we can teach people how to use your product. Lots of pivots in our business, but that's the bulk of where we're making our money now is creating training courses for these larger companies. And when you say they, you're reaching out to these larger companies to be able to help educate them on how to use the product, what kind of products are we talking? So um, for instance, I can't say any names because we're under NDAs, but let's say there is a company that has a recording and editing software and uh, podcasters love to use the software, but they're not, most podcasters aren't very technical. They don't have a lot of technical skills. They have great content that they want to bring, but you know, they weren't trained in the technical piece. And so this recording and editing software company, they have great software that makes a lot of sense for somebody. But if you don't know how to use it, then it's not going to do you much good. And so we're the bridge between the software company and the user where we're able to train them how to use the product. So that's been super lucrative for us. Another stream of income is once a year, we teach a course, we call it launching and leveraging. So it's five weeks of getting your podcast launched and five weeks of what are the next steps? How do you get your podcast to open incredible doors for you? Get on stages with incredible people, get a book publishing deal, bring in revenue streams, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it's five weeks of launching, five weeks of leveraging. So we teach that once a year. And that's a great source. We have a membership group. Membership groups are terrific revenue streams because it is a consistent monthly recurring revenue. And so we have a nice little revenue stream from that, from our membership group. And it has the added bonus of creating community. We're meeting with them regularly. We get to hear from them. What is it that they want? What do they need? And so we create better product and better podcasts because we have a super close connection with our community because there are members. I coach, I'll do clarity coaching for people that have podcasts or I'll do heck yes coaching for people that feel a little stuck in the entrepreneurial way. So just lots of little revenue streams that we have fun with. I think that's really important to have multiple streams of income. And I like the exercise that you took where you wrote down the 10 ways that you're going to make 10K months. So that's really a great takeaway there. But also I find it very interesting that you're not just creating courses for individuals, but you're actually targeting the businesses because that's probably, if I had to guess, a very large revenue generator compared and it not as much effort to have to reach out to as many people. You get one large sum of money from a business rather than having to reach out to multiple individuals to get that same lump of cash, essentially. And their marketing dollars are promoting you, which is exactly. fantastic. Yes. It's a win-win all around. So you've obviously mastered all of this. I'm extremely impressed by what you've been doing. I've loved your story. And I do want to just really highlight that 
you mentioned this is not always easy. What you've done has taken years to get to this point. So it's really important, like you were talking about before, to make these little pivots uh, little by little. So it's okay to start small, maybe start with doing like some clarity coaching or invest in a course yourself to be able to really learn these specific skills to be able to then branch out and do what you're doing today. So if you were to really give some advice to someone just starting out today, what would you tell them? Number one, find the easiest way to get started. What is the path of least resistance? What are you really good at? That's an absolute no brainer. It's not going to take a ton of effort and energy. Get started there and just start monetizing that way in a, in a small amount. So like I said, we taught a one-day course on podcasting and we charged $25. It was a no-brainer for us. It didn't take much work for us to put that together. We brought people in for one day. They paid us $25. I think we made three or $400 that day. And that was like, what? People pay us for this? And that's the way to get started, right? So start small, work in the path of least resistance, charge. it doesn't matter, charge so that you get used to that feeling of A, asking for money and B, valuing the work that you do. We often, especially as women, fall back on, well, I'll give it for free. I can give it for free. This isn't that much work. It wasn't that hard. We can do this for free. Okay. Like we volunteer at kids' schools. We we are the caretakers of our parents and grandparents and children. Like we give a lot for free. You are allowed to charge for your intellectual property. You spent years and years and years creating your expertise. You are allowed to charge for it. People actually will enjoy paying you for it because they want the value. So that would be my one thing. Start small, charge a little something. And the other is either get a coach, join a group, but you need support on the journey. You need support. So maybe you're joining a membership group. Maybe you're joining a course. Whatever you're doing, get that community of support around you and do it from somebody that understands the journey you're on. We tend to want to go with the big giant name. This person is making five, 10, 25 million a year. I want to learn from them. You can, but maybe the person that just recently struggled to make 10K and now they're making 20, 30K months, maybe that's a really good person to learn from because they understand where you're at, where the struggle it takes to make 10K is tough because that that's a big, that's a huge hurdle to pass that. And if somebody's making millions, they're like, oh, like every hour for me, I can make 10K, you know, like what, whatever, it's easy to make 10K. It's, it's kind of not. So I would recommend getting with somebody who is successful and has a lot of wisdom, but isn't too far ahead of you. I used to run marathons and thinking of the pacer that I would follow that would keep me going like, okay, this is the pace. This is the pace. And I would get a watch the pace that was a little bit ahead of me, not the pacer that was sprinting ahead. I could never keep up. And I would just sit down and cry and give up and think I I stink. No, I want the pacer that's just a little ahead of me. That's going to keep me motivated and keep me on track. And so that's my recommendation is finding somebody like that. I couldn't agree more. And if someone is really resonating with everything that you have said today, and they would like to work with you, get that additional level of support, where could they go to be able to find out some more information and potentially work with you? Oh my God. I would love for people to reach out to me. I love getting DMs, I emails, whatever. I'm pretty easy. I'm Tiffany Kane in all the places. Facebook, Instagram are where I'm most active. 
I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn, not super active there. I, my website is tiffanycane.com or casamediapro.com. So super easy to find me. I tried to keep it easy. The only trick is Tiffany is with a P-H. So T-I-P-H-A-N-Y-K-A-N-E. But once you get that little tricky spelling down, you can find me anywhere. And I do love when people reach out and DM. I do a happy dance every time. I value every single connection I think is so valuable. Well, thank you so much for saying heck yes to be on, on today's episode. I've really enjoyed our conversation and there's amazing takeaways that I know that every listener today is going to walk away with. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. This was such a fun conversation. I really enjoyed it. Gosh, Tiffany is truly an inspiration. She had some unfortunate circumstances in her life where she could easily have let the negativity bring her down, but she was able to find the heck yes in all of the awful no's. But just saying yes wasn't enough. She had to take action. And as she started taking aligned action, the doors that started opening for her were inconceivable. So what's one key takeaway from Tiffany's story? Find the easiest path with the least resistance and just get started. Start with something you're really good at and enjoy. As you continue to grow, you will be able to pivot and the business will grow as well. So let me ask you, self-starter, are you ready to start saying heck yes? Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Self-Starter Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to like and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest content. Want even more? Be sure to head to selfstarter.com. And remember, start today for you, start today for her, and become a self-starter. See you next time.